Welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is a special edition podcast about the Southern Baptist Convention and the upcoming meeting in Nashville. Now, as many of you know, I've been doing the podcast as a radio program here in Southern California for all of 2021, but this podcast won't be part of the radio show. It's just a special edition that we're sending out to the Gateway community to help you think about the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, understand how to interpret what may happen in Nashville, and then to talk more broadly about some of the benefits of being a part of the Southern Baptist denomination. Well, the Southern Baptist Convention will be meeting in Nashville very soon. So that leads to the question, why? Why does the Southern Baptist Convention have an annual meeting every summer? What is it exactly that we meet to accomplish? Well, at its core, the Southern Baptist Convention annual meeting is a business meeting. It's a legally mandated meeting to sustain the work of the Southern Baptist Convention. There are certain things that the convention and only the convention may do and, in fact, must do in order to further our work. For example, the convention meets to adopt an operating budget. The convention meets to elect trustees for all of the entities like Gateway Seminary. The convention meets to fulfill its constitutional responsibilities, to fulfill its corporate responsibilities, to take care of the business that's required to sustain legally the work of the Southern Baptist Convention. Now, this is a very important point because it helps us to understand that what happens at the Southern Baptist Convention in the business sessions is really the only reason we have to be there. And the reason I remind you of that is because at the meeting itself, there's all kinds of other things that take place. There are luncheons, there are dinners, there are conferences, there are uh, dialogues, there are panel discussions, there are all kinds of social events and special group meetings and all kinds of things that happen to promote the total work of the SBC beyond the core reason for the meeting. But the emphasis on the core reason is also important because it helps us understand that we will never lose the business aspect of the meeting. Now, some people have said, well, why do we have to meet and have all these motions and all these resolutions and all these votes and all these actions that cause such divisiveness and cause such debate? Why do we have to do all of that? Well, because that is the main reason we have a convention meeting, not all these other things that go on. Now, I've jokingly said that a Southern Baptist Convention annual meeting is when a Southern tent revival meets a flea market at a town hall meeting with dinner on the grounds. It's like a circus rolling into town almost. All of these things happening at once. But remember, at the core, this business has to be done. So if you've never been to one of these meetings, what all happens? Well, like I said, there's business that has to be done, but there's also preaching and networking and worshiping. There's all kinds of inspiring moments where the uh, International Mission Board and the North American Mission Board tell us the stories of what God is doing in our nation and all around the world. The seminaries get to report. Other Southern Baptist entities get to report. We all get to magnify the positive aspects of what we're doing. And frankly, hearing those stories is inspirational as we think about all that God has done and is doing through us. 
Now, on the negative side, there's also pontificating as people jockey for positions and try to gain influence. There's posturing as people put themselves forward for different positions or different responsibilities. And certainly there's politicking as people try to get their group together to pass this motion or that agenda item or elect this person to a particular office. And because of that, there's a lot of division and negativity and criticism that's a part of the meeting. Because if you're going to put an issue on the table for a vote, uh, most of the time there are going to be people who want to speak for that issue and there are people who want to speak against it. And if you're going to put up at least two people for an office to elect one of them to lead in a particular way, then that means that some people are going to vote for one candidate and some are going to vote for another, which means they're actually perhaps voting against someone. So there's a lot of that that goes on as well. So to review, why do we have a convention meeting every summer? To do the business of the Southern Baptist Convention. It's a legal mandate. It's a responsibility. It can't be avoided, skipped, or neglected. And we all saw what happened during COVID when we had to make some really hard choices about what to do when those things can't go on. And so we want to make sure we have the meeting to accomplish the purposes for which it was designed. And then all this other stuff that goes on, yeah, we want to have a part in that too. And we want to understand that all of it helps make up the event itself and give the flavor to all that's taking place. Now, if you're there, you'll form your own impressions. But if you're not present in the meeting, then you're going to depend on news reports and media and social media to help you understand what's happening. May I give you some cautions about that if you're following the convention from a distance? First of all, recognize that media and social media seldom accurately reports on the main thrust of the meeting. Media, particularly social media, likes to pick out one motion or one resolution or one debate that may have taken five to ten minutes of the total convention time and put that snippet out there as if that was the most important thing that happened at the convention. This is in contrast, however, to hours of gospel-focused reporting and gospel-focused decision-making, which speaks of the totality of the work that was done by our convention and reported at this meeting. Media, and particularly social media, like to focus on something controversial. I had an experience with this back in the 1990s, which reinforced for me and has given me a perspective that's never changed about how media want to report on the controversial aspects of the convention. I was actually still in bed one morning early when the phone rang and a person said, this is so-and-so and I'm from such and such radio station. We want to take you on to our program live here in our city to talk about the resolution that's coming to the Southern Baptist Convention today to boycott Disney. And I said, well, I don't know anything about that. And the person said, what do you mean? How can you not know anything about that? It's, it's been talked about in the media for days, and you're a Southern Baptist leader. Surely you've heard that the Southern Baptist Convention is going to boycott Disney. And I said, well, I've, I've heard rumors about that and some speculation about that, but I don't know for sure that's going to happen today. He said, well, there's going to be a resolution. And my, what I want to know is, what's your opinion about that resolution? And I said, well, if there's a resolution, I suppose I'll need to read it before I form an opinion. But since there hasn't been one published yet, I don't really have any response. 
And he said, you're acting like you don't think this is very important. And I said, well, you're, you're right about that. I, I don't think this is very important. And then he said, what do you think is important that will happen today at the Southern Baptist Convention? And I said, well, they'll be reporting on thousands of missionaries serving all around the world, communicating the gospel to people who've never heard it and doing all kinds of humanitarian need-meeting ministries that change the lives of people both now and forever. And there'll be reports about people starting churches all across the United... And he hung up the phone while I was in mid-sentence. I've never forgotten that contact. The media wanted me to go live on the radio and talk about the controversy. But when I refused to talk about something that I didn't even have factual basis to comment regarding, and that when I refused to play into their hand and let my own ego trip me up and cause me to want to go live on the radio, and when I really challenged them with what I thought was really important about the Southern Baptist Convention, the morning talk radio hung up on me rather than talk to me. Another caution I would give you about focusing on media and social media reporting about the convention is that media and social media like to focus on something a messenger says or a speaker says as speaking, quote, for Southern Baptists. Now, let me remind you that we are not a hierarchical denomination. We do not have a pope. No one speaks for Southern Baptists. So even when our elected leaders are on the platform and they're speaking, they might be speaking on behalf of, or they might be speaking uh, with a perspective from, but they do not speak for Southern Baptists. This is very important to remember because the media love to pick out a soundbite from a sermon or a soundbite from a messenger speaking from the floor of the convention. They love to pick up someone like that and put them on and say, this is the Southern Baptist Convention's perspective. And quite frankly, because of our polity and our open mic policy, anyone who's registered as a messenger for the convention can go to a microphone and, if recognized, can speak. And those recognitions take place in, or in chronological order, not by any other means. And so uh, when you're recognized to speak, when the president recognizes someone to speak, we, we never know who they are, what they're going to say. And so be careful that you don't put too much credence into these kind of comments. So what have I said so far? Well, the Southern Baptist Convention is going to have a meeting pretty soon in Nashville. It's a business meeting. That's the reason we're meeting, and you can't ever really escape the flavor of that. Certain things have to be legally accomplished, and those will be a centerpiece of what we have to do while we're there. But there will also be so much else that goes on. All of these kinds of experiences make up the totality of the experience of the meeting. And as you're watching news reports about it, be careful that you don't get tripped up by one small issue that may have taken five to ten minutes of a two- or three-day meeting. Don't be tripped up into believing that's all that Southern Baptists did or that that was the focus of our meeting. Now, whenever the Southern Baptist Convention meets and there's all this up upheaval and there's all this, this debate, and there's all this uh, uh, discussion, uh, sometimes people ask me, why should we even stay in the SBC? Well, I was really frustrated a number of years ago about this very question. I was really angry about a lot of stuff going on in the convention. I was disgusted with the politicking and the negativity and uh, all the people who were trying to get uh, influence from one side or the other to put their agenda forward in one way or another. 
And I was really frustrated because it was having detrimental effect on me as a pastor trying to reach people in my community. And so I went to one of my older leaders and a longtime leader in the SBC, and I said to him, uh, or I told him about my frustrations, and I poured it all out for him, my, my anger, my resentment, my embarrassment, my disillusionment, all of those things came pouring out of me in that conversation. And when I finally finished and took a breath, his response surprised me. He said, I'm with you. I'm as frustrated as you are. Where are we going? And I stopped and said, what? what? He said, you heard me. I'm as disillusioned and angry and resentful as you are. I'm tired of it. So I'm with you. Where are we going? And I sat there for a moment and I thought, well, where are we going? And then he said, Jeff, where are we going where there's no division, no difficulty, no strife? Where are we going where people always get along and there's no, uh, there's no tension? Where, where are we going? And he said, and where are we going where there's a group that has more missionaries, more church plants, more, <clears throat> more materials being produced, more students in seminary? Where are we going? Where are we going that's better than this system that we're working with right now. Well, after a few minutes, I had to say, I get your point. I get your point. You know, there's a lot about being a Southern Baptist that's difficult some days. Uh, we do things that are embarrassing sometimes, frustrating other times. We have a lot of different people in a great big family that have a lot of different perspectives on a lot of different issues. And because of media and social media and the political uh, expediency that many people bring to decision-making in our convention, we, we have a lot of things that are just unseemly about what we do. But then you take a giant step back from that, and you think about close to 4,000 missionaries serving internationally and hundreds of domestic church planters out there getting the job done, more than 20,000 students enrolled in six seminaries, the largest Christian publishing ministry in the world, the largest Christian retirement and insurance program in the world, voice that speaks to public affairs, all of these kinds of things that go on in our denomination, all of these kinds of things are making a global and eternal difference with the gospel. So while it's easy to be drawn in to the negative and to focus only on those aspects, especially uh, in the summertime when we're having our annual meeting and the media is attacking us in every way, so easy to focus on the negative. But I'd challenge you today to take a giant step back and focus so much on the positive. You know, my pastor recently wrote a blog in which he said, that one of the spiritual disciplines that we all have to have as believers is focusing on the good that God is doing. Focusing on the good that God is doing. And this pastor in his blog enumerated a lot of different negative things going on in our world right now, and he said all these problems are real, but God is still doing so much more good than all of these problems even combined. So there are a lot of reasons why I've chosen to stay engaged with the SBC. The first one is there's so much more positive going on than negative. Second, I'm sticking with the SBC because we can do more together 
than we can do separately. Now, I know I hear churches bragging about having three and five and ten missionaries that they support, and I'm really grateful for any missionary support that takes place by any church. But I think about my church, we support thousands of missionaries through the cooperative program. Thousands, not three or five or ten, but thousands. And we can get done, do more together than we can ever do separately. I just think about our school here at Gateway. If we had been left to those few churches in the Bay Area that started us in 1944 to fund us and strengthen us and build us over the years, it's doubtful that we would have made it. But if we had survived, we'd be a little tiny seminary tucked away in a back corner somewhere in the Bay Area. But in 1950, Southern Baptists adopted us. And when they adopted us, they started funding us with the cooperative program. And now... The resources of 47, 48,000 churches started flowing. And some of that, of course, started flowing to Gateway and started making such a huge difference in our seminary. And now you look at us today. There is absolutely no explanation for Gateway Seminary apart from the grace of God and the cooperative program giving of Southern Baptists. If we had been left only to the giving here in the West and only to people in the West who support Southern Baptist work, Think how much weaker we would be today. So we're just one example, but you could go down the line across the SBC and see the power of togetherness, of coming together to get more done. And I realize that it's hard sometimes to stay together, that the stresses and fissures and fractures that want to move us apart from each other are real. I get that. But we can hold on to each other and recognize that our differences are not so great that they have to divide us, that we can still get more done if we'll stay together. And then that leads me to another reason I'm staying with the SBC, and that is there's, we have more in common than what divides us. <laughs> it's funny. Without even uh, asking, I somehow became the mentor of a, a Bible college president outside the SBC. He's in a very conservative Bible college, and he's called on me many, many times over the past few years to mentor him through difficulties and challenges and issues. It's been a good relationship, and I've enjoyed it. Recently, he uh, reached out to me and said, listen, I, I know you're headed for your annual convention, and I'm reading a lot of different things in the media about a lot of different divisions and a lot of different uh, issues. And he said, but do you Southern Baptists not realize that there's not a hair's breadth difference between most of you? That when we look at you from the outside, that all these divisions that you see on the inside, when we look at you from the outside, there's like a tiny sliver of difference between you, that you're all so closely together. If you can only see that and stop arguing over the divisions and recognize you have so much more in common than you do have, have in, that are differences, that you can make such a profound uh, impact. You know, that conversation stuck with me because when I look, for example, at the candidates who are running for president of Southern Baptist Convention this year, sure, there's some differences between them. But when you look at the commonalities among the four of them, they're pretty strong. And if you were looking from outside our denomination at those four men, you would see them as being pretty closely aligned on most things that really matter to us. And then another reason I'm staying with the Southern Baptist Convention is because I recognize there's far more to the Southern Baptist denomination than the Southern Baptist Convention. This is a unique thing about our polity. We're not hierarchical. The Southern Baptist Convention is not the same thing as the Southern Baptist denomination. 
The Southern Baptist denomination includes 42 state and regional conventions. It includes almost 1,200 Baptist associations. It includes hospitals and children's homes and camps. It includes crisis pregnancy centers and all kinds of ministry activities that are going on in all kinds of places as as churches, associations, state conventions, and the national denomination work cooperatively uh, and work uh, in partnership to get our mission done of sharing the gospel around the world. You see, the denomination is much bigger than the convention. And so when the Southern Baptist Convention is having some issues, Sometimes it's important to focus on different aspects of the Southern Baptist denomination and to stay with those. That's why it's kind of comical to me when someone says, I'm leaving the Southern Baptist Convention. Well, that's pretty easy to do. All you have to do is not attend as a messenger in the summer and you're out because the Southern Baptist Convention is really only defined by the messengers who attend in the summer. You can leave the Southern Baptist Convention, for example, as a by having your church withdraw itself from the Southern Baptist Convention, but you can remain a part of the Southern Baptist denomination by remaining a part of your local association or remaining a part of your state convention. It is not unusual even for churches to be a member of one or two or three of these entities and not be a member of one or two or three of them. While the most and vast majority of Southern Baptist churches are members of all three aspects of the denomination, the association, state convention, and national convention, It's not mandated that you do so. And so I've stayed a part of Southern Baptists because while I am a part of the Southern Baptist Convention because I'm employed by Gateway Seminary, which is actually owned by the Southern Baptist Convention, when I'm struggling with the SBC, I like to think about the SBD, the Southern Baptist denomination, and recognize all the other entities and all the other aspects of our work together and all that we're getting done. Makes me glad I'm a part of such a big and diverse family. But then finally... I've stayed with the Southern Baptist Convention and the Southern Baptist denomination more than any other reason because of our overarching mission. Our overarching mission is to get the gospel to people who've never heard it. Now, some of those people live in neighborhoods in the United States, but most of them live in unreached places around the world where we're trying to get the gospel to people who in many cases have never even yet heard the name of Jesus. You know, a few uh, years ago, I was with a Gateway Seminary student project team in India. We were visiting uh, in someone's home at their invitation to talk with them about uh, their religious beliefs. And after we had listened to this person tell us what she believed, our stu- the, 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 the Indian person very kindly then asked, now you've come to tell us what you believe, so what, what do you believe? And my student said, well, we've come to tell you about Jesus. Have you heard of him? And I'll never forget what happened in the next moment. The person cocked her head to the side and with an inquisitive look said, Jesus? No, I've I've never heard of him. Who is he? My heart broke in the moment because I realized I was sitting in the presence of someone who not only had never heard the gospel, had never heard the name of Jesus. And our student shared the gospel that day, explained about Jesus, his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection. 
and outlined for this person what it would mean to become his follower. That was a good day for Gateway Seminary and a great day for me as president to see a student sharing the gospel with someone who had never heard the name of Jesus. When you set aside all the politics, all the posturing, all the pontificating, when you get finished debating national issues like elections and racial relationships and sexual abuse and all other kinds of things that are important issues that have to be grappled with in our day, when you get past all of that, what keeps me going, what keeps me engaged as a seminary president, what keeps me glad to work with a family called Southern Baptist is getting the gospel to young women like we met that day in India. Listen, we're having a big meeting in Nashville. It's going to have a lot of things happening. But pulsing, pulsating at the core of that meeting is a burning passion for the mission of getting the gospel to as many people as possible. Let's not lose that focus. And if we can stay really riveted on that as our mission, we will not only stay engaged with Southern Baptists, but we will find a way to work together with people that don't agree with us on everything else, but are willing to stand strong for getting the gospel to the nations. That's my prayer for Southern Baptists as we meet in Nashville. And that's my hope for you as you stay engaged in this big work we're doing of serving our God through our denomination, through our churches, and individually as Southern Baptists. Let's do it together as we lead on.